Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Another week is here. It's another Thursday. If you're listening on post day, you know that is the day we bring you brand new episodes of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Wherever you're listening, anywhere in the world, thank you for doing so. Whether you're grabbing the show from podcastone.com, iTunes, or maybe the all-new, extremely cool Podcast One app. Hope you guys have had a chance to check the app out. It really is cool. There's so many great things you can do with it. It is really next-level stuff and uh, a very cool way to listen to my podcast and all the others with a bunch of cool content as well. So you really should check it out. It uh, It is really awesome. There's no other podcast app like this, truly. You can download the all-new Podcast One app now in the App Store or on Google Play can find out everything about your favorite shows get more content for my show articles social media you can share content it's uh it's awesome there's even some 360 videos on there it looks so cool so many things you can do really have a look grab it put it on your device a great way to listen to the eddie trunk podcast and all the other podcasts that are here on podcast one through the all new next level podcast one app Check it out when you get a chance. And remember, remember, my friends, if you're going to be doing any shopping online, be sure to start with my store on Amazon. That's right. I got my own storefront. It's really easy to find, too. It's Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Couldn't be easier. Bookmark that. Some items on there that I custom pick and select that would be of interest to you right there on that page, and they will change week to week. And you can take a look at those, some of the things that I thought would be cool to put in my store, and you can either buy them, or if you don't, just move on to wherever you want to go on the site. 
just start with my page. It would be greatly appreciated. Again, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Couldn't be easier. Appreciate you checking out my store. Appreciate you starting your shopping through that URL. And uh, that would be very, very cool if you did that. So thank you for your support. So today, my goodness, I don't know how often we've ever done this, maybe once or twice in the history of the Eddie Trunk podcast, but we have a triple header. Three interviews for you in one loaded podcast. We start with the legends, the icons, Cheap Trick, all four members of the band dropping by just as their tour with Foreigner and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience, which is out there right now, is happening. Had less time than I thought I would with all four guys, but it's always fun when I see them. They are old friends. They are a great band. Have so many stories with Cheap Trick, and it's always fun when they drop by. So, Robin Zander, the ageless one, Tom Peterson, the master of the 12-string bass, Rick Nielsen, the mad professor of guitar, and the young Dax Nielsen manning the drums. All four will be dropping by Cheap Trick with a great album out as well right now. Their second one in like two years called We're All All Right. We'll touch on that as well. So Cheap Trick up first. Then we segue to some brand new blood. A new band on the scene from Michigan called Greta Van Fleet. All four members of that band join me. But now when I tell you a young band, I'm talking ridiculously young. These Two of these kids just graduated high school. They got a tremendous, they got a major label record deal. They've got major representation. They've got major buzz as just maybe being that young, new rock band that breaks through and gives everything a kick in the ass. Will they be it? I don't know. Right now, they've only got an EP out. Right now, they are a band that uh, some feel too much sounds like Led Zeppelin, which we discuss in the interview. I mean, they are blatantly Led Zeppelin sounding, but they have a take on that. And as I've said to many who have asked me about this band, and many have, it's really hard to tell what this band is going to be and if they have the goods until we get a full-length record or two out of them. Right now, we're dealing with a couple of the guys, 17, 18 years old, just really getting started and obviously showing their influences very, very prominently. Let's see what they turn into. Let's see when they get a little more experience. Let's see if they, uh, if and when, which I'm sure they will, get a little bit more originality in their sound. But my God, this singer, he's just the guy, and he's got a little swagger to him too, which is good. But my God, does he sound like Robert Plant in his prime. If you watch the video they have out, he's even holding the mic cord in the mic like Robert Plant would. It's pretty amazing. So there's a lot of people that are very high on this band and very excited about this band, and that's that's very cool, and that's great. And there's a lot of people kind of taking a wait-see attitude about them, and that's fine and understandable as well. So we'll see. We'll see what they turn into. But some brand-new blood, new young band, some time with the entire, all the members of the band Greta Van Fleet. 
And then we wrap up, last but certainly not least, with an old friend, Mike Portnoy. I saw Mike just recently at the David Z Memorial that took place in New York City last Friday. I was honored to be able to get up and say a few words about the great David Z and a great friend to me and so many others and just still so tragic. He was killed, in case you had not heard, in that adrenaline mob accident while they were on the road. I did get a chance to see Russell Allen and Mike Orlando. They were both there. Mike is still a bit banged up, but doing okay. Russ is doing a little bit better, sustained less injuries. And uh, it was just a a very emotional night as so many in the music community came out in New York to celebrate David Z. A second memorial took place at the Whiskey in L.A. this past Tuesday. But Mike Portnoy is on with me in a very fresh interview because he has announced another all-new band. The band is called Sons of Apollo. They were officially announced on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. It's a band that Mike has been teasing and talking about for a while, and the lineup, the full lineup is now revealed. It includes Derek Sherinian, Bumblefoot, Billy Sheehan, and who am I forgetting? Oh, Jeff Scott Soto on vocals. Have not heard any of the music yet. It is still getting finalized and mastered, but there's a little clip out. It sounds pretty darn cool. There are a lot of people that have heard this new music, and needless to say, everybody has differing opinions, not necessarily on the music, but really, because I should take that back. A lot of people haven't heard the music, but a lot of people with their own opinions and criticisms of Portnoy having yet another band. And many fans of the Winery Dogs extremely concerned that you have two-thirds of the Winery Dogs in this band, Richie Cotton out solo once again, wondering about the future, if any, for the Winery Dogs. And both Cotton and, as you're about to hear, Mike and Billy have all maintained that the Winery Dogs are not broken up and will reconvene at a later date. But at this point, I don't see that at all being even possible before 2019. Speaking of the Winery Dogs, their brand-new DVD slash Blu-ray has just come out. Had a chance, uh, actually, when I'm done recording this podcast, I'm going to sit down and watch it on my big screen. So a little bit of a holdover until we see what the future holds for that band. But Portnoy announcing this new band, Sons of Apollo, and uh, his first-ever interview talking about that band I'll bring to you as the third and final interview this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And I do talk to Mike about the fact that he is in so many bands, and he is a guy that got a lot of criticism for that and still does. But if you think about it, and I'm sincere when I say this, Portnoy really started this trend with Rock Axe. He took a lot of blowback for it when he first did it. But let's be honest. How many bands do you know where they the members are not in at least one other band, if not two or three? I mean, it is totally commonplace. We see it all the time now. So say what you will about it, but he started something, and I know a lot of other people are doing the multitasking, multi-band thing. And that is discussed as well in the interview. So... First Cheap Trick, then Greta Van Fleet, and then we wrap up with Mike Portnoy, a triple-headed monster. 
this week for the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As usual, these interviews are courtesy of my daily show on Sirius XM Radio on Channel 106 Volume. That show is called Trunk Nation. You can hear it live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and replay every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, again on Channel 106 on Sirius XM Radio. Also, all of the shows are on demand shortly after they happen to download or stream free if you are a subscriber to Sirius XM on the Sirius XM app. What you get here on the podcast as far as the interviews is just scratching the surface of the interviews that I do and the shows that I do on a daily basis, five days a week on volume, as well as the sixth show that I do on Hair Nation. Also, don't forget my terrestrial radio show on stations across America, which is more music-based, and that is called Eddie Trunk Rocks. A complete list of places to hear that is on my site, eddietrunk.com, under live and on the air. Be sure to check my site, merch, music news updated daily, my blog, which is The Trunk Report. You can email me through the website, social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Instagram, and uh, certainly by far Twitter, where I would be the most active and keep you most up to date with what's going on. My next appearance will be August 12th, Sierra View Music Festival, Oakdale, California. Hope to see you guys out there if you're headed that way and in that part of the country. Should be a lot of fun, some great bands performing. Appearances, as they are confirmed, will be on eddytrunk.com. And I will have something in Houston shortly after, somewhere around the 17th and 18th of August. Keep a close eye. That will be coming up and be announced very soon. And some other appearances pending as well. I also am excited to announce that I have agreed to terms for a brand new TV series that I will be hosting. It is not related to that metal show in any way. The hunt continues to find a believer and a network for that metal show, but I do have something new coming that I'll be doing, and I'll be doing my first shooting for that very soon. As a matter of fact, I'll be shooting a day in Sturgis coming up at the uh, at the Sturgis rally. But I can't give out the details just yet on what it is or where it's going to premiere, but it will be on TV. It'll premiere early next year and I'll be able to share all details with you for it very, very soon. Bringing that up because you may see me out and about at some music festivals and with a camera and doing some stuff and wondering what the hell is going on. Well, all will be revealed very soon as far as that is concerned. Very excited to share that with you, some other stuff in the works as well. And again, I'm still asked all the time about TMS, and I greatly appreciate people asking about TMS and As I often say, nobody wants TMS back more than me, but it is completely out of my hands, you guys. As I've said repeatedly, I do not own it. I do not control it. I do not have anything to do with if, when, and where it resurfaces. If it does, I will be back on board with it in two seconds flat. All right, let's get uh, a break in. We'll get Cheap Trick. We'll get Greta Van Fleet. And we'll finish up with Mike Portnoy. Thanks for listening to this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. All that coming up. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, are you somebody in a position to be hiring? And if so, do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? 
I mean, sometimes it's hard finding the talent, the qualified people you need for whatever the job may be. And that, of course, is key to running a successful business. Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. And then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people, because let's face it, that's what you want, the right people to your job. And it does it better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate ready for this in just 24 hours. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all, and I mean all sizes, to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results, because that's what you want, qualified people. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Yes, you heard me right. That's free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk, my last name, T-R-U-N-K. One more time, you heard me right. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you you listen to find podcasts, the Adam Corolla Show. Throw on your phone. It's free. Ah, uh, yes, True Car. When you are looking to buy a car and you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory, unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case. People configure cars online only later to find out, guess what? Bummer. They are not available. And what good is that? What a waste of time that is. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory. It's not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. It's a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you competitive market price. Using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. Next, True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There's over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide, and you work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer contact. True Car users, well, they are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they are connected with True Car Certified Dealers. And True Car users save an average of over 3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, you visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Eddie Trunk back with you, back with the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Interview number one of three this week is some time with a legendary band. Recently went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Old friends, always a blast to get together and see them. We unfortunately only had about 20 minutes, but you're going to hear those 20 minutes right now. Again, from my volume show, which is daily on Sirius XM. That's where this audio is courtesy of. Ladies and gentlemen, Cheap Trick on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. 
We've got some some grizzled veterans in here right now. Grizzled is the key word there. <laughs> <laughs> the great cheap trick. Good to see you guys. Hey, Eddie. Eddie. It's a uh, little. I had no idea yesterday that you were even coming in. I was going to see you, and it's great to to see you. Robin Zander is here. Good to see you, Robin. That's good to see you, Eddie. How's Dax, things? Great, Dax Nielsen. Good to see you. Dax. Always a pleasure. What's Eddie. up with the shirt there? Uh, that stands for Monsters of Rock Cruise. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's it. a cruise yeah. that I host. <laughs> Rick Nielsen is here. I'm not going on that cruise. Oh, hi, Eddie. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's it's it's, you... it's a it's a pleasure to see you as always, and yes. it's like. Uh, are you going to write our set list again? Oh, what an honor that was. Before we get to that, Tom Peterson as well. Good to see you, Tom. Hi, Eddie. Tom Monsters gonna, of Rock Cruise. Yeah. Tom was going to take my seat, and I was going to sit in the guest chair if you want to host and come around, Tom. It, what's the difference? I it's get paid it, if you sit It's already there. warmed up. It's already written out what you're going to say. <laughs> no, we, get, we have to just wing it. If you get if you sit here, you get paid. Not really? a lot, but you get something. Oh, okay. Over there, you're just the a guest. Sirius XM is huge. So you must be making billions. <laughs> My my helicopter's on the roof. Oh, yeah, that's how I wow. get back to Jersey. All right. Yeah. So, um, you guys are on tour. Uh, always on tour. When is Cheap Trick not on tour? Uh, when we're not on tour, which when is very we're in the studio working. Yeah, making well, records. Well, that's the other thing we got to get to in a second. But first, as far as the tour is concerned, you're out now. The bill is Foreigner and Jason Bonham doing his Zeppelin experience. Yeah. Right. So it's it's cool. We're kind of. In the middle, like a sandwich of two uh, uh, bands that are uh, playing cover tunes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because Foreigner has no original guys. And, and Mick Jones. And Bonham. And Bonham is doing Led Zeppelin. Right. So, wait a minute. Has Mick Jones been on any of the shows? Yeah, he's on he all has. of them. Yeah. Every, has he come has. out for the whole set, or what's yeah. he been doing? Yeah. Okay, so he's out there... Most of the shows, he's he's the he's the dancers, he's the background singer. <laughs> he does the sound he's and lights. Guy. What he do you mean? He does everything. He drives the bus. It's, it's, oh he's amazing. God. I love he Mick has to do everything. <laughs> no, I love Mick too. But there's been a lot of shows in, over the years he does not play at all. Uh, well, uh, not, I, not this time. I no. called him in December, and when we heard that we were going to do this, and I said, Mick, you're coming out, right? Well, I said, Mick, you're coming out. I said, otherwise, we're not going to do it. I said, we, you know. We're we're aligned with you. You know, you're you're it. You're the songwriter. You're the guy. You're the guy that we partied our brains out together with. And he uh, said, oh, "Yeah, you know." So I made him laugh, and that was. And now we're we're still making him laugh. The so thing that's fun. cool about it is these bands are all great players. I mean, yeah. they're all on top yeah. of it. Yeah, that guy that sings for Jason's band. Wow, great! I mean, wow. looks nothing like Robert Plant, which is kind of cool. You don't want? Why would you want a guy that looked like him? But my God, can he sing that stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. and he's got these crazy kind of <laughs> spooky moves. He's unique, man. That guy's good. Yeah, I forget his name, and he he actually James James yeah. James Dillon. Yes, thank you, Dax and Marshall yeah. Dillon. I, I knew something you didn't. Yeah, he, he watched. Had, yeah, wow. how did that happen? Wow. That's a first. That's the truth. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, this might be something you guys don't know, but do you, do you know? And I don't know if this. I don't think it's a big deal. People know this, but do you know what he does when he's not singing in the band and where they found him? He's a painter, isn't he? No, he 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 told me that he was like um, brain surgeon. No, like a DC guy, like high up in in the political DC world. Like wow. he works for some like a lobbyist. Or something? Yeah, like, he like works Congress for Trump. I, I don't know who he works for. I don't know what side of the aisle he's on, but I know, I know. he has some sort of DC sort of uh, yeah. political thing. I could be a little off. I noticed that during a that. stage performance. <laughs> <laughs> now, they're all good guys, you know. We're, we're having a lot of fun out there. 
And that, but that's interesting what you said, Rick, that it would have been a deal breaker for you if Mick yeah. didn't play these shows. Yeah, we, we, you know, we, we toured with the original Foreigner way back in the day. And uh, actually, tomorrow night, I think, uh, I guess Mick has brought uh, uh, a couple Lou? of the guys. Luke, Luke, Lou, I think. Lou. Yeah, yeah. And we hear these rumors all the time, so we'll wait, wait and see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I think the, a, the drummer will be there, too, in the keyboard player. Two or three or four of them, you know. Well, Lou, uh, Mick. Ian, I think. Well, Mick was here on this show with me just before the tour, a month or two, a couple months ago. And he said at that point that Lou had an open invite to come out and do some shows. Yeah. And then I had Lou on this show more recently. And Lou's like, I'm not really sure what's going on with that. And I don't, because the tour started like right upstate New York, Mm -hmm. right by where Lou is from. Syracuse, yeah. And Lou's like, I will not be at that show. I'm like, oh, there's trouble already. But if he might be coming out, that would... Yeah, well, it's it not up to It seems like it would make sense, doesn't it? <laughs> it would. But, you know, we like Lou. We want him to come out and see him. What the heck, you know? I mean, nice I said this to Lou. I, I said to Lou when I talked to him, I said, I mean, to me, along with the man sitting right here, Mr. Xander, some of the greatest vocals ever uh, on the on all those great records. Here, here. And, and Lou, I said to him, I go, if if you were to be back in the band... On a full-time basis, could you tour at the level that Foreigner tours? And he goes, absolutely not. He admitted he couldn't do it as a full-time thing. But he said, could I come out and do some shows? Absolutely. So uh-huh. I hope health-wise he can, and I hope he does get out there and sing some. because, And I hope he still has his pipes because he's been through a lot. Well, Eddie, I don't know if you know this or not, but Cheap Trick played a show, a private show once, and Lou was there, and he was on that show, and he sounded great. Recently? Yeah. Well, not that last year. Last year, though. It was in Woodstock, Illinois, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we know he can still sing. It's not that. Right. Right. Well, we lo- I love that guy, and I mean, I love the I love his voice, and I hope he gets to. This is a 40th anniversary tour for them, so I hope he gets out and claims his turf a little Me too. bit. Us too. Yeah. You Me guys too. have been 40 years. That's right? Exactly. Our records came out at the same time. Wow. They're sold. We toured back then too. <laughs> They're sold a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> But that's you know minor detail. Did you have big history with Foreigner back in the day? When we you toured first when those records yeah. came out. Did a bunch of shows. I, I got this cool picture. I'll show you. Um, <laughs> just keep talking, but it's hard to see. Because <laughs> yeah, we radio. toured. We toured back then, and their records out, and ours is out. And like Tom said, theirs went gangbusters, and ours fell in the toilet. That's what we get for playing all the time right. ahead of time. They just started up out of a blue sky, right. and were huge. Yeah. So, speaking of records. Can I ask you guys, I mean, are you on steroids or yes. performance-enhancing drugs of any kind? Of course. <laughs> well, we're in the union. Yes, we have to be. <laughs> because you have pumped out two great records recently, like a year, less than a year apart, if I'm not mistaken, Yeah, that are phenomenal records. This new one, We're All All Right, is, is just has the energy of... Maybe what those seventeen-year-old kids that just walked out of here would do—it's amazing. Man. They don't have that energy. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> no, they, they may not. Know. Tom, is that green they tea? Care. They, yeah, exactly. Is that all it is, Robin? <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> but but uh, talk about this sort of um, unbelievable, prolific period of cheap trick that's happening right now. Tom, you want to take this as far as you know? I mean, there's a lot of artists of of cheap tricks catalog and hits that would say why bother making new music it doesn't sell nobody cares when we play it live people you you guys obviously feel very differently well it's the way we always felt nobody cared and you know and it didn't sell it's the same thing when we started you know you start out you're just really trying to make we are anyway making records for our own enjoyment 
we just it's just stuff that we like to hear ourselves and if anybody else wants to hear it that's just you know that's it's their not, fault. out of our hands <laughs> you know <laughs> but you know it's so it's you know that's something we do because we enjoy doing it because you you i mean robin you well know you could easily just coast on the catalog and not make records at all but you and you enjoy the creativity and the process of putting stuff out there. Yeah, of obviously. course, I mean we all write songs and we're all happy about it. You know that's what, that's what we do. So why stop doing that? You know what else would we do? Yeah, that's what lasts for eternity. The records, you know, you try you're always chasing the the perfect record. And we like to play live too. So Rick is showing me a picture. What am I looking at here, Rick? That's me. Yeah, that's backstage. Isn't he handsome? He is. And that's Mick Jones. Playing, that's Mick Jones? That's Mick Jones playing my checkerboard guitar. Wow. Mick that, gave that to me. That I did not know. He, I, I would never have recognized that was Mick. Yeah, that's, that's him. the second thing you didn't know. God dang. You're, you're, wow. you're losing it, You guys Eddie. got me on the ropes here. I get wow. nervous around Cheap Trick. Um, he, wow. he gave that to me. He gave really? That, he gave that, that to me the other day. He says, and his, uh, his, his PA guy. Said that that's the only picture he had in his house. What? That's a little creepy. It is creepy. It is. That's <laughs> why I like him. Very creepy. He's creepy like me. Rick, pick up on the the theme of what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, making uh, new records in 2017. I, it's it's, it's it. wonderful. It's wonderful. You know that that uh, the, the guy that we're working with, Julian Raymond, and with Scott Borchetta at at, uh, at Big Machine, says, "Hey, why don't you guys do this?" You know, it's like. It's not about how many we've sold or whatever. You know, it's like because it's tough. You know, we're we're never going to be the next new thing. But you know, he, he liked our band. He likes the music, and it's like we've got songs. You want to go again to do it? Yeah, why? Of course. What? You know, we, we don't wait. Want to wait? Wait around for years? I mean, the only reason we ever waited because of a lawsuit or some hassle here, or or record labels folding up. <laughs> or on we us. had to personally pay for it. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, <laughs> and we've, out of the we've done that. You save your per diem. But to see now, we're uh, you know we've got our ch- chance to go in, and we recorded a second record. We, we've kind of had the the brand, the new one. Uh, we're all we're all all right. Had that about half done, and we went and finished that. And then now we have another record that's coming out, too. Well, we're going to get to that because I heard you're doing a Christmas record. If it's that, done. It, what the hell? Like I so said, three records. on PDs <laughs> no, over here. Check their blood. What the hell's going on? We have to get on tour. I, we what, no... This is nuts. Well, well, and that's God. the best record out of all of them. What is? The this Christmas, Christmas record. record. We can't tell you what's well, on it. Well, the next it, but... record's always the best record, Oh, Tom. you're going to no, like that. this one. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a rock. It's got some surprises on it. But is it... Christmas standards? Exactly. Uh, we can't tell you. Oh, or is it new stuff? Oh, Eddie. Eddie. Some of each. Oh, some of each. Come and not, not the stuff you would expect to hear. It's not, you know, it's not a Bing Crosby done by Gene Trigg. You're going to go crazy. But there's original music in it? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, kidding? so it's, a, it's original songs and maybe like... Oh, oh a lot of cover, a lot of cover stuff. Yeah. Wow. But it's a, it's a rocker. It's, is it going to come out for this Christmas? It's coming out Halloween. I get to play harmonica on it. Really? Yes. Now, now, Dax, get to he's you, you did it already. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's jump great. in here because maybe <laughs> I'm 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 assuming that having a a young pup like uh, your son Rick uh, had nothing Dax, to do with it. Da- no, no, but Dax, <laughs> you being in here, you know, and being in how long have you been in the band now? Almost eight years. 
how long you started showing up in the pictures recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you started being like really I had to turn in. 18 first. No. But uh, I'm saying, you I mean, you came along, you know, you were brought along into this, right? Uh, luckily, and thankfully, these guys had me here for all this time. It's right. It's been fantastic. But I mean, now you're 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 here. You're you're obviously you're included in this interview. So you're really getting to put your sort of stamp on the recorded history of Cheap Trick too, which yeah. has got to be great. We've done three or four, you know, individual tracks. We did a Beatles cover uh, tune. We did what was that? The uh, Almond or uh, Skinnerd. We did a Skinnerd tune, and now I'm on three albums, and we're still playing hundreds of shows a year. That's amazing. amazing. It's it's a, it. it I, I say this. I've never said this on the air, but I remember. God, I'm dating myself. You remember now. God? What's when, he like? Thirty when you were years. Just a baby. Thirty years ago, staying in in L. A. and <laughs> going to with I was staying at Vito Brada's uh-huh. open uh, garden apartment. Yes, That's at right. his at his room. We were staying. I, I was staying there that. visiting. And you, Vito says to me, you're not going to believe who's next to me. And, and, and they're probably up writing right now because they stay up all night writing and drinking. <laughs> and yes, I, we do. And I said, who? And he said, he said, uh, Rick and Robin from Cheap Trick are like right next door. <laughs> get, the, get the fuck out of here. We just came back from dinner. It was late. He goes, come on, we're going to go over there. <laughs> Knock on the door. You guys come. You're, the two of you sitting around a little four track on the, in the kitchen humming and writing stuff and you're singing and rick i swear you had a jacket with beers lined in the jacket or something <laughs> well i didn't want to, have to keep going back to the fridge you hand us the drinks and we're sitting there you insisted we have a drink with you while you're writing and in the middle of the night this little kid gets up off of a cot in the back in his pajamas and comes up and is like try to sleep over here and that was you <laughs> that was me i'm still <laughs> trying to sleep I know. now i've got my own kid and i'm staying up all night yeah congrats you're first right <laughs> uh, rick actually gave me the jacket with the beer holders in it so <laughs> he handed it down to me in fact we'd send him son. out to get the beer yeah. with fake, yeah, ID. Go buy fake id when you have a kid you need something much stronger oh, than beer to get through me. that right <laughs> robin how's your son i'm i saw your son perform with you man he was great yeah he's really cool he's he's got a band called smile they're out in california right now as we speak uh for their debut they're gonna play uh four shows out there okay and uh he's real excited and terribly nervous Oh, I bet. I <laughs> is bet. He, is he well, really hopefully he That's will good, be though. after hearing yeah. this. I guess. <laughs> the thing about making new music is there's a lot of bands that make it who have been doing it for as long as you guys have, and honestly, it doesn't have the energy. It uh, It's just not that good. It, they're mailing it in. But what is amazing about this new Cheap Trick record, I mean, Carla sent it to me, and I emailed her immediately. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I mean, the... Sure it's them? It's as... <laughs> you like it? See, the energy comes from the youth. See? I was going to say the energy and the rocking, but but Rick, you cut loose on this record a little bit more, what too. You, what do you think? I'm chopped liver? No, yeah, but really, you're, you're killing us here. You're, you're letting it fly a little bit Good, more. I wanted to. That's, that's the freedom of, 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 of people behind us saying... Yeah, get out there and do it. You know, we were told 25, 30 years ago that we were we didn't know how to write anymore and we weren't any good. You know, we're over the Who hill. Who told you that? Oh, the people that Everyone. aren't working for us. People that aren't working for us. <laughs> Record labels people, uh, uh, management people, uh, producer people. And uh, finally we got somebody that says, because you know, we always believed in ourselves. We were too dumb to quit. I mean, that's the quote we use or I use or whatever. We're too dumb to quit, but it's like, well, God, we have this, you know, she's live. I've, sometimes I feel like, man, we're really good. And, you know, and I, and Robin says, you know, some of our, our mistakes are better than most people's 
actual performances. You know, we go in, we go at go at it like uh, like it really means something all the time. And so we go and record. We don't just, you know, we're a little lazy maybe, but not really. You know, it's like he's up busting his butt, butt singing. You know, there's a lot, of, his lot of spontaneous things happen yeah. in the studio this Here, time Rick, around play, on both those records. You know, just you play a solo it. like yeah. you feel, as opposed to thinking too much. You know. Thinking too much in this business is sometimes can be very dangerous. So we go by what's what we think and what we how we feel. And but ha- having seen you guys live so many times, to to hear this new music and the the energy in it and exactly that, it feels like the, the what you guys capture as a live band, which is so. I mean, I think Rick or Tom, you told me you guys you never rehearse. What that, people don't know, Rick references a second ago. These guys were nice enough to let me pick their set list one time, and I was like, <laughs> how do you know all these songs that I might just throw at you? Don't you have to rehearse them? And one of you guys like, wait, we never rehearsed. We just do it. Yeah. But that looseness and that fun and that sort of spontaneity and energy comes through. That's hey, what's important. If we make a mistake, it's over in three minutes. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not like you're making a record where you got to think about it a little bit. But it's like, I think we went in with that attitude when we did the records. Like, it's like, you know, just go out and play it. Like, you know, you don't get a second chance here. You just go and do it. You know, there's there's probably a little rough edges here and there, but it's like for the most part, that's what we play like. That's what we sound like. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you know, Robin goes in. We'll we'll have tracks done. And he'll go in and do try to do four and five a day. It's like impossible. No one else in the world would do it. But you know, it's like just go. Well, you know, the instincts and the voice is there. Tom, the same way. It's just, I want to do a part here. It's like. You know, there's no chart written for doing a, you know, going in the studio. What what you have to do. So you you're kind of working on the fly. And when you work on the fly, it's like it's pretty good. Yeah, and what's the other thing I noticed is it's it's truly a group album. I mean, you guys have all contributed as far as the writing and the creation of these songs. Everybody really played a big role in making this this music, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, and I think that really it's shows a cheap too. trick record. Yeah, everybody is involved in contributing and and really. Um, I mean, all of it just leads into, I think, I mean, it's, it's a great record. How, how are you handling it, playing it live? Well, we'll talk about that in a second because they're telling me i got to go to break in a second. You guys can stay? They said they can stay. they got to go? you got to go? you got to go fairly soon here, yeah. yeah. Oh. Come on, Eddie. Warmed hey, up. Hey, guess what? Oh, just for your information, though, we do, uh, like the last show we did, we did two songs off of Bang, Zoom, Crazy, Hello, and two songs off of this new record, We're All All Right. So you're going to hear it live. Good. My thanks to Rick, Robin, of course, Dax, and Tom. Cheap Trick. Check out their new album, We're All All Right. Really good record. It's out there now. Always fun to see those guys. Hopefully, we'll have time to do something more in-depth. Check them out now on the road with Foreigner and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience. I think the biggest takeaway out of that interview is Rick Nielsen saying they would not have gone out with Foreigner if Mick Jones did not commit to doing the tour. Really interesting and some 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 con- sort of little jabs in there if you listen closely from Cheap Trick about Foreigner's situation and, and their recent uh, playing with no original members. All right, break time. We're going to come back. Some brand new, fresh, young blood in the rock world. The group is called Re- Greta Van Fleet. And when I tell you young, I'm talking just out of high school. We'll visit with them next. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
Ladies and gentlemen, the king of shock rock is back and a past guest on the Eddie Trunk podcast. I'm talking about the legend, the pioneer of theatrical rock, Alice Cooper. He's got a new album, Paranormal, produced by longtime collaborator Bob Ezrin, also a recent former guest on the Eddie Trunk podcast. It features guest performances from ZZ Top's guitarist Billy Gibbons, U2 drummer Larry Mullen Jr., and Deep Purple's Roger Glover. Paranormal has 12 new songs, including Paranoic Personality and the new single Genuine American Girl, which is one of the two brand-new studio songs written and recorded by Dennis Dunaway, Neil Smith, and Michael Bruce, giving fans a mini-reunion of the original Alice Cooper band. And the bonus disc also includes six killer live versions of some of the Coop's greatest hits, such as No More Mr. Nice Guy, Billion Dollar Babies, and Schools Out, recorded in Columbus, Ohio, in 2016 and performed together with Alice Cooper's current band, which is also a killer band. As Alice says, Paranormal is like 12 great episodes of The Twilight Zone. Each song tells its own little twisted tale. Be sure to catch them on tour August 12th through September 10th with Deep Purple and the Edgar Winter Band. Paranormal is available now at Best Buy. Alice Cooper, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Check out his brand new record out now. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, so I just went on my uh, iPhone and downloaded the brand new Podcast One app. You got to check it out. It's awesome. There's some great, great features about it. It makes it so much fun and easy to listen to any of the podcasts that you enjoy, including, of course, the Eddie Trunk Podcast. There's no other podcast app like this. Get the all-new Podcast One app. You can do so at the App Store or Google Play and find out everything about your favorite shows. Get more content, articles, episodes, comment, connect, 360 video. You can watch shows in uh, virtual reality. There's so much cool stuff. It's so cool. What are you doing? You got to get it. Listen, watch, engage. The all-new Podcast One app. Get it now in the App Store or on Google Play. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We're back with the Eddie Trunk Podcast, bringing you some fresh, young, new rock right now. The band is called Greta Van Fleet. They hail from Michigan. A lot of buzz on these guys. And we'll find out why, and we'll find out how it all happened as all the members of the band now join me in the studio again from my Sirius XM volume show. And you got it now here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, guys. Hey, hello. How are we? Good to meet you. We're going to go around the horn. We have Jake Kiska on guitar. Good to see you, Jake. Good to see you. And Josh Kiska right next to me here on vocals. And then we've got uh, Danny Wagner on drums. Hello. The only one without the last name Kiska, as you're about to find out. (laughs) And Sam Kiska over on bass. That's me. Good to see you, Sam. So three brothers. Yes. Yep. Correct. Yes. Wow. How's that working out? You guys uh, at each other's throats yet, or what? Still too soon. (laughs) Definitely. Beating each other senseless for the last who knows few months, couple months, yeah, <laughs> couple months now. Did you guys always get along? Uh, yeah, I would pretty say much. So. Yeah, no, no sibling rivalries growing up. 
No, just the little things, you know, those brawls you have, and you know, and that's we really it. we know how to piss each other. Oh off. yeah, <laughs> thoroughly. <laughs> so when as it's long time as we're to... not going after uh, someone, then everything's good. When it's time to push the button, we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nuclear button device going on. And Danny, as the non-brother uh, in the in the in the lineup, how did you get connected with these guys? Did you guys grow up? Did you grow up with them? Or yeah, we come from a small town, and we all went to the same high school. So that you know, I got to know them. Through childhood, I went to school with Sam. Um, basically, since kindergarten, he has two older brothers. We came over, or I came over. We we all had the share, um, I guess, the shared love of music. So mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of yeah. how we got to know each other. We were always the weird kids. Yeah, too. and I, we're we're in the same grade. We graduated together, and in school, like middle school, he was the only guy I could relate to music wise. Everybody like absolute crap. I'm like, what? What is this? But he, he he knew rock and roll, and we would bounce stuff off each other. So that was really cool, and that's where we got along really well at a young age. Other than that, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Are any of you guys are are any of you guys still in high school? Did I read or or just Sam you, and Danny just graduated June first? We graduated. You just graduated high school. Wow, we're, we're out. Yeah, <laughs> we're out. We're out of the system. All right, all right. So, um, talking about music. And people who have heard your band, Greta Van Fleet, which I know you're going to ask get asked this a thousand times, <laughs> and you probably have already, but since you are a new band and you're probably new to a lot of people listening, tell the story behind the name. Well, um, way back about five years ago, uh, that's, that's so way back far back in yeah. the day, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, with the well, study. well, for real, you were probably like twelve, thirteen at that point. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah. That's Sam and Danny were teaching Jake, and I was sixteen at that time. So it was kind of the um, the first big show we would ever play was the day uh, to follow the. I mean, we were going racking our brains for a name for God knows how long, going through these things. Going, you know, it just doesn't feel right, and it'll come, it'll come. And we had no choice, you know, because it, it was a big performance that we were going to be having the next day. The first real thing we would do at a festival, and it was like, well. It's now or never, so, I mean, uh, our uh, original drummer that we had with us for a year came back from uh, lunch with his grandfather, and his grandfather had mentioned, well, I'll drop you off so you guys can practice, I gotta go chop wood for Gretna Van Fleet, who is a town elder, you know, so he's, he's been around, and this uh, older generation from where we come from, you know, is Gretna Van Fleet, so we took the N out, so it'd be more fluid, and that was it, you know? And that's what we do in Michigan, we chop wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I thought you were say take the N out. I don't know. <laughs> we take the N out. <laughs> take the N out of everywhere. We're from Michigan. Michigan's pretty Michigan. cool. Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Michigan. But hey, Michigan has brought some, obviously, some amazing rock bands over the decades. So yeah. if you guys can oh, be yeah. put into that category down the line as things develop. Oh, that would be flattering. Be pretty darn cool. Some great acts. All hard, of Motown. Though. That's yeah. where I learned how to play bass. You got Stevie and MC5. Grand Seeger, Grand Funk, yeah, Grand Funk. Well, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit because, um, you know, as Sam mentioned, you guys are, as the audience has figured out, young guys, and you have the bands you just rattled off, Sam. I mean, that's not the music that most people Mm. in their late teens are going to know. So, and and there's been a lot of comparisons made to your music to 70s rock acts already. Mm-hmm. So, so where does that come from? Was it your parents or did you guys just seek it out on your own? Like, where does that imprint of that old school music come from? That was all the vinyl laying around. Yeah. You know, that just, we listened to early on when we were really young. So that was we like were surrounded all we by knew. It. 
from your families. From the beginning, yeah, yeah from our families. So that's man. just what we grew up on. That's lots what of, we listened to. That's what we loved. Lots of blues and funk. That's all we listened the to. Very, we, didn't, we didn't listen to any, I mean, contemporary stuff at that time. We didn't no. understand it. It wasn't the same language we spoke because we weren't familiar with it, and it didn't feel natural. Honestly, so. as a child, I really didn't know that there was any other type of music <laughs> that existed yeah, until, because that's just until, all until I was exposed to. Well, Danny, same deal because you, you obviously are not part of their family, so you so for you the same thing you're yeah parents, your parents you know i i couldn't drive so i was driven everywhere by my parents and the music choice was obviously well, up I to was them five, i was driving i don't know what's yeah, wrong, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um not well <laughs> but uh yeah no, i was I mean, fantastic that's, driver <laughs> that's uh that's all i was exposed to as a kid i didn't know there was anything else and i loved it i learned to love it and i still do <laughs> i and love then, those neat little things you remember you know like yeah. booker t and the mgs Green Onions or something like that was like the coolest track. Yeah. You See, know, for somebody like me, that's even old. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. Old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for you guys, you know, that's amazing. You know, it's really cool that you had that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of, um, you know, DNA put into you very early on. And did yeah. that? I would imagine that influenced you to want to be a band and play music. I mean, what? what and let, well, let me start. Let me start with uh, with Josh on that because Josh, your voice is crazy. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that. <laughs> a, I mean that as a compliment. Thank you. But but when did you know you could sing like that? Uh, I don't know. It was just kind of always something I was doing. It's just singing, you know, that I liked. Uh, it was just something that would come out. You know, it just feels like, oh, I would love to put my touch on this or that. And it was just a way to feel, you know. And we did theater, too. And I did theater, and along with theater was musical theater. And to be honest with you, I don't know that theater was ever really my thing, you know. But it was kind of like when we started really getting our thing together, it, we had some kind of sound. We were just moving around of all of these influences and seeing what came of it. And I found that the most power I could get out of my voice was singing like that. And it sort of developed by itself over some period of time. And, and that uh, at the beginning, I would have to say, it was very rough. You know, it's hard to sing like that. But, you know, it's not like it was ever super intentional. It was just me trying to find the power. The thing you have to be careful of is that you you do what I've talked to a lot of bands about. You paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. You're doing stuff at a very young age right now vocally, and then all of a sudden if you have some hit records, which, of course, you hope you have, and you have this great success. All of a sudden, very quickly, you're going to find yourself at 45 having to hit those notes and right. be like, shit, how do I do that? You know, I yeah. just want to put in good 10 years, <laughs> and then when I'm getting, you know uh, – you know, older, and I don't know. I assume I'm gonna explode like you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like you know, after so long, I don't know if I want to do it. But I want to do what I can when it feels right at this time. So do you? So you I, are you serious about that? You have a a, a designated yeah. amount of time you want to do this, yes. and then do something else. I initially never really saw being a singer in a band as a, a serious career goal. It just actually came about. And I went with that. Um, so I think in time I'd like to get to be a filmmaker, which is my initially what I wanted to do, or an actor. You know, and I love writing. If I can do that, I'll be happy. But yeah, ten years I think is a solid time to put in some work, and then I think I want to be hands off. And so you're go. not going to allow uh, anybody to say, "Oh, that guy got old and hit the wall." You're right. Gonna get out, you're <laughs> <gonna get> out. <laughs> sure. You know that that also comes. That's a good benefit from doing it that way, I guess. You know. But. How about you guys? Are you is there, are you lifers for music or do you also have a long term uh, you know get out I, plan? I don't know how I could leave it. That's Sam. So Sam's a lifer. <laughs> I'm a yeah. lifer. I'm, I'm also a lifer. Lifer. 
And uh, if I and make Jake, music, yeah, I don't think that there would be a way out of it if I tried. Myself, <laughs> I, you know, so. and it might catch me, snag me, because I can't say that I would be making the same kind of music. You know, in ten years, or that I would want to do it with you know this sound. But maybe because all of us have so many influences, it'd be like great to go and do something else. Sounds like the band's breaking up already. <laughs> well, we've just got our game plan. You, you know? just got a deal. You got your first EP out. And, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. But <laughs> we were watching a band get born and break up at the same time. <laughs> I know. Where you all right, live. folks. <laughs> the birth of death. All. The birth of death. Um, so you guys start in a nutshell. Your story is you, you, you all come together very early, very young. You, you you get this band going in, in Michigan, and you start playing, and then where it is, because you've been signed to a, a, a major label record deal. You've got a lot of stuff in place. You just released your debut EP. Where and how do people start sniffing around you guys? Like, where, where does the first label interest come from? Did you go out and seek it, or did they kind of find you? We never seeked any sort of... Um I guess uh, we just what we were doing is making music we wanted to listen to for fun and to feel good and the, and I, so it just developed into this kind of thing where you know it wasn't about fame or money or we want to be rock stars or anything like that but it was eventually we ended up in Rust Belt Studios in Royal Oak to do you know about two years of work just to have the work you know for whatever reason that would serve and eventually I mean it kept getting passed to the next guy and the word got around and then eventually they came to us, you know, and asked, well, how about you come on board, you know? Yeah, because all we mm-hmm. wanted to do was make authentic music that was fun to play and fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Just good music. Right. Well, you know, and and with what's going on with you guys, I'm sure you know that there is a lot of, um, there's a good buzz building and a lot of hype coming right out of the gate. Do you feel pressure by that? Was it kind of more than... Not at all. ...that you didn't... You welcome it? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. I, yeah. We're really on board with all the support that people are giving us, and it's it's crazy, and it's very flattering, and we're loving it. It's like everybody looks for that acceptance, you know, right. in, in their, when you're creating art, so we've had a lot of that, and I don't think any of us has ex- have ex- expected that it was going to garner that much attention, and it, like right out of the gate. So it was kind of like, yeah. We're into that. We're we're okay. <laughs> it's like, sure, we'll take it. <laughs> you know, uh, right? Because there there is, and I know talking to my audience and having done this, what I do for a really long time, there's a lot of rock fans out there looking for that next great rock band that's going to give the whole scene a kick in the pants and really bring rock back into prominence. A statistic came out yesterday, which a lot of people had uh, sent to me, really, you know, to get me riled up that. Nielsen or one of the surveys came out and they said that rock is no longer the number one dominant music. It's been surpassed as of uh, like this year by hip hop. And, <laughs> and that's crushing to me as a, as a lifelong rock guy. <laughs> well, you know, don't worry, Eddie. We'll, 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 we'll take what I'm basically things, saying is I'm putting the whole future of rock on your shoulders uh, right we, now. We'll we'll take it. No problem. Not we a have, deal. We have settled it. into the idea that we have a great deal of responsibility. Yes. Yes. You know, and Not only rock and roll, but bringing the blues back. I just want good music, good real soul music. Yeah, I don't soul care. Feel it. Like I don't music. care what the style of music is, as long as it's quality, authentic, and it's good music. Yeah, 
That's that's really yeah, right. Yeah. You're actually playing it, and it's not a bunch of tracks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like it's a thing you hold and you yeah. strum. And but, but but that's another <laughs> that's thing. And I rant about stuff. that all the time. I mean, tons of these bands. I, I I go to these festivals and shows, and people in the audience. Oh my god, they sounded so great. The vocals were so great. Idiot, they're on tracks. Yeah. Yeah. See the drummer wearing those headphones? They're just tracks. He's triggering tracks. It's like so. Real <laughs> bands playing real music is yeah. is really what is needed. And we right greatly refuse. It's absolutely. The, uh, I of bringing in tracks. I don't know how that'll be. Back in sure, I don't think we, we ever have backing that tracks. Oh, we where's, just, where's we the We don't band? even have... If we want a sound, maybe we bring somebody in to make that sound organically. Right. Yeah, yeah, the instruments, you know. How do you feel about, as you know, when people hear your, your music, the first thing they sort of compare you to is Led Zeppelin. And I think that has a lot to do, Josh, with your voice. Because sure. your voice is astonishingly strong and, and very much in that sort of world. You embrace it? Yes. Uh, or, or does it bother you to hear that so much? No, we're honored by that. I yeah. mean, uh, that, I mean, is a huge compliment to us. Who I mean, have listened to that stuff coming up, and it, that's like, that's an incredible band, you know, Led Zeppelin. And people, it's like uh, worse things could have happened, yeah. you know? So we could have, it could have been something else that maybe wasn't so flattering, but that's to us is great. Was it a conscious thing to to sound like them, or did it just kind of naturally happen? Do you? Oh, think? No, it wasn't nasty. conscious at all. I think all. we share the same in influences a lot, in a lot of ways. That has a lot the, to yeah. do with the, it. Uh, the glue yeah, that bonds us is the blues. You know, we all got off on that, and that I think was the initial backbone of the whole thing. Y- yeah, there's no way to deny that. That's certainly one of the contributors to why it may sound like that. Well, a yeah, lot of that, that, a lot of people ask why we play rock and roll, and it's not like we. We consciously chose, oh, let's play some rock and right. roll. It's just, yeah. this is how we play, you know? And when we come together as a group, that's what the sound comes out as. But that's a really good point because, as you guys said, your influence, you're, you're real, you have that old school blues influence in your music. And as many mm-hmm. people know, Zeppelin rewrote basically some of those songs or in some instances just basically ripped them off yeah no they're they're, they're plagiarists right so <laughs> plainly put yeah but are all musicians well that's no. but that's the thing <laughs> Sam you know you're gonna get that level that you guys mm-hmm. if you get bigger that you've plagiarized them you know that that's coming down the pike yeah sure. but but you know in music, when a new act comes out, people always have to say, oh, this is rock, this is pop, this is alternative. This sounds like And some reason, like e- you have to classify or music. Which, yeah, you have to categorize that's, that's it to understand human, it. But That's the human instinct. That's what you do. And the first thing you do is you try to find something else to compare something new to. Some sort uh, of to identi- explanation. To identify with it. I would love to it. see where this goes once it digests. You know, once things start rolling and the, the, the next piece of body work comes out. All I have to say about it is wait for our full-length album. Probably in about six to nine months. As soon as we can get time to get back in the right. studio with that after our uh, headlining tour Initially, in August. the idea was we were going to release another EP after the first to make an album. Okay. But because of the attention that it's had, it's kind of like, it, to us, we have to go and make an, a full-length album. Because that's yeah, the there's, demand now. There's a lot more sides of Greta Van Fleet than there is on just the hard-hitting rock tracks yeah. on the EP. Black well, Star. that's what, I, and the people who have said that to me as well about you guys, because there's been a lot of people, as soon as you guys came out, and as soon as the video for, for um, was it Highway? What, yeah, Highway Tune. Highway Tune hit, you know, people know that what you do is very much right in my wheelhouse of what I love. And right. there are a lot of bands 
right now kind of channeling what you guys are doing. There's a band called Rival Sons. I don't know if you know them. I yes. love yeah. love yeah. that band and so many others that I listen to that I really dig the direction. But it's been frustrating for me because I haven't seen one really breakthrough big yet. Some of them do okay. Some of them don't do well at all. But yeah. none of them is, have gone over the hump and gotten big yet. So <clears throat> I'm always looking for that band. And a lot of people sent me your thing saying, hey, here's another one. And I said, that's great, but obviously you guys are so young. The real thing is going to be, let's see where it goes. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure you're still kind of figuring out direction and learning more about where you want to go and your writing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So let it's got to ferment a little bit, right? Yeah, that's right. what the digesting thing is. I think it just has to evolve, and it has. And I think there's a lot we're holding back right now for intentional purposes. I think it would be good for us to have that uh, ability to choose what's yeah. going to come next. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, they're giving me the high sign I got to end because you got to go and I got <laughs> Cheap Trick coming in. So yeah, we've got to we got to keep rolling here. But but yeah. when the records re you're on tour now, right? Yeah. So people website where they can find the dates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Greta Van Fleet dot com. That yeah. woman in Michigan's got to be totally honored. by the way. <laughs> She is. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> All right. Great to meet you. Good luck. I'm rooting for you, man. We need music like what you guys are doing out there. So <laughs> good luck to you. And uh, and thanks for coming by. And when you got the whole record ready, uh, come back and hang out with us. Uh, we'll see you then, Eddie. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Thanks to the guys in Greta Van Fleet for dropping by. Looking forward to their full-length record to come very, very soon. And wish them a lot of luck. I'm rooting for them. We need new young rock bands kicking some butt. It's good to see all the buzz going for them. We'll see how that pans out going forward and appreciate their time. Got to take a break. We'll come back with our third and final interview. Last but certainly not least, Mr. Mike Portnoy talking about his just-announced new band. That is next. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. A&E's Emmy-nominated, groundbreaking docu-series Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath returns for season two on August 13th with 10 all-new episodes. Join Leah Remini and, uh, and, and her crew, along with high-level former Scientology executives and church members. They delve deep into the stories of abuse, heartbreak, and harassment experienced by those who have left the church and spoken publicly about their experiences. This season, Leah Remini continues her quest to give a voice to victims of the Church of Scientology. The series also explores accounts of former members whose lives have been significantly impacted by the Church's practices. Remini is helping people take action, turning survivors into fighters, revealing truths, and seeking justice. Watch the first season of Leah Remini, Scientology, and the Aftermath online, on demand, and on the A&E app. Hey, have you heard? Podcast One has a whole bunch of awesome new shows filled with big names that are waiting for you on our brand new amazing app. This one's a game changer. There's Norman Lear talking to Amy Poehler, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Charles Barkley. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with Brian Cranston, Josh Gad, and soon Neil Patrick Harris. Nice. OC Real Housewife, Heather Dubrow's World, Lady Gang's Three Mimosa Podcast with Leah Michelle, Nelly Furtado, L. King, and more. Plus every episode of The Adam Carolla Show, Dan Patrick, and Rich Eisen. And if you like what happens in the ring, we've got Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Chael Sonnen, and a whole bunch more. So download our one-of-a-kind new app and see for yourself. Go to the App Store, Google Play, or download it now at podcastone.com. The triple header on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. And now we are joined by Mike Portnoy, a dear friend for many, many years. Mike, a man of many bands. He's announced a new one called Sons of Apollo. In the interview you're about to hear, Mike talks about 
the stigma attached to being a guy in so many bands and all about this brand new super group that is formed. So here we go with Mike Portnoy. Again, this audio courtesy of Trunk Nation on Sirius XM Volume, which is daily on Channel 106, live Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Replay every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And here we go with Mike Portnoy. What's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing, Ed? You know, I wanted to ask you this, and I've you know, i talked to you about this before, but I've often said this. I give you credit because you... When the at the time you broke with Dream Theater, it was over the fact that you wanted to play with a lot of different bands and a lot of different people, and you have. But you took blowback for that, and now literally everybody does it. Have, do you feel vindicated in some ways? I'm still. I still feel blowback from it, even with today's announcement. Uh, we announced the new band Sons of Apollo a few hours ago, and uh, I've been up reading the lines, uh, reading the comments online. And um, I'm still seeing constant posts like, oh, my God, how many bands is Portnoy going to be in? Oh, my God, is this 87 bands from blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's still it's still a, a topic that, that people like to, you know, to, to, to harass me about. But I think the fact of the matter is I could handle it. I think I, I, I'm just a workaholic and I'm very strategic and how I uh, coordinate and, and, and work my schedule and make sure everything fits and everything works. And, and, and people get the misconception thinking, oh, I start a band, then I quit, then I start a band, then I quit. I, out, of the, out of the 87 bands I've been in, I've only ever left two. One was Dream Theater after 25 years, and one was Adrenaline Mob just because that, came, that was at a point where I couldn't juggle everything. But other than that, everything I'm a part of, I stick with and develop and work with. And, you know, if, if I could juggle all these bands and make it work, then why the fuck not? Were you really in 87 bands? <laughs> I think, uh, did I, you ever I, count I them all jokingly, but I, I think the, there is an actual number. Uh, and I think it's about 27 or 28. <laughs> right. I was going to say 87 might yeah. be a little much, but, uh, 27 sounds 28 is reasonable, (laughs) but you know, you know what I'm, but my point about all this, and we're of course, we're of course going to talk about this new band that was announced today in a second, but my point about all this, and I'm not just saying this because we're friends and, and, and in disclosure, everybody knows we're friends, but I'm saying it because you, you know, and I talked to Lars Ulrich about this in a similar way. Like Lars Ulrich was the guy, he took all the blowback about the Napster thing and people downloading music. And and in retrospect, he was right. It destroyed the music industry. So I've, I've talked to Lars about it. So in a way, do you kind of feel vindicated? Because now everybody's talking about that being a problem, and it became one. For you, everyone, like I was saying earlier, I don't. I, it's hard to find a musician that isn't in at least two bands, sometimes three right. at the average. Right. So, so when you kind of started doing a lot of that, it was out of the norm and, and, you know, it's got to kind of feel like, yeah, I told you that this was where this was all headed. Right. Well, I mean, I, I will say, you know, thank you for giving me some somewhat of the credit. But there were a few people that before me that I could think of. And they were usually singers like Mike. Mike Patton did a lot. Phil Anselmo did a lot. Yeah. Corey Taylor, Dave Grohl. So, that you know, there, there was a, a precedent before me. It's not like I was the first person doing it. But 
I think uh, since Dream Theater, I've done so many things and so many different bands. And literally, it feels like there's another one that gets added to the list every year, not to mention, you know, helping bands out like Twisted Sister or Avenged Sevenfold. So, yeah, the list keeps getting longer and longer and longer. But the fact of the matter is, if if you're, a, you know, somebody that loves music like, like I do or Dave Grohl does or Mike Patton does, you know, you want to do different things. You want to play with different people. You want to... You know, if you're an actor doing films, you don't want to play the same role the rest of your life. You want to work with different directors and other actors and other screenwriters and try different roles and different genres. So to me, it's no different as a musician. All right, let's talk about band number 28, (laughs) if that's what it is. Uh, Today you announced, and I knew this was coming down the pike, and today was the official announcement just a couple hours ago, as you said, the band is called Mm -hmm. Sons of Apollo. I like the name, actually. Take, take us through how this came together. Well, uh, Derek Sherinian and myself, as you know, we, we were together in Dream Theater back in the 90s. And um, one of the first things I did do after leaving Dream Theater in 2010 is uh, I reunited with Derek at that point, And we put together a touring band just doing all instrumental music uh, with, with him, myself, Billy Sheehan, and Tony McAlpine. And really, the, the, you know, it was it was a great band, a lot of fun. We had a good time playing together, but it was all it was only ever an instrumental kind of live thing. And uh, at that point, Derek was trying to nudge me into doing a full time band. Uh, at that point, when writing some original music and, and maybe adding a singer, and at that point, it just wasn't right. At that point, I. I had flying colors and adrenaline mob and uh, Billy and I were about to do the winery dog. So the time was just not right at that point. Uh, but I guess about six months, six months ago or so, uh, Derek started nudging me again and the time was right. You know, winery dogs were on a hiatus. I was finishing up with twisted sister. So uh, it actually felt like, okay, now's, now's a good time. Let's do this. So we, we brought Bumblefoot on board and uh, added Jeff Scott Soto, and, uh, of course, Billy was already on board. So uh, that's how Sons of Apollo was born. Now, the record is done already? It is. I'm actually in L.A. right now. Uh, I've been here for a few days already shooting uh, videos with the band. So we've been actually together uh, the last couple days filming videos and doing interviews and photo sessions and doing all the prep work for uh, the album's release. But yeah, the the album's completely done. And direction-wise, you know, I, I've seen some stuff already posted online that you've announced this from people just looking at the players and saying, oh, it's going to be a prog super group, or is this going to be hard rock, or is this going to be like a harder winery dogs? Or, you know, I mean, people are already speculating about the direction and what it's going to sound like with all these players involved. What can you tell people about what the direction and sound is like when they finally hear this? Uh, I don't want to put too many preconceptions in people's minds, but we did put out a little uh, teaser today, a two-minute teaser teaser with uh, little bits and pieces of various songs. So you can get a, a little bit of a feel for the, the style and direction. Uh, and it also mentions in the press release that, uh, you know, kind of the, the blueprint was to kind of take the, uh, you know, the stuff that Derek and I used to do in Dream Theater and combine it with the swagger of maybe Van Halen or Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, you know. So it's some somewhere between prog metal and classic rock. 
Um, I don't know. It, it's got crazy uh, Dream Theater-esque technical sections and instrumental sections, and it's got a, uh, three epic songs on the album. Uh, but then the rest of the album is filled with songs that are um, a little bit more grounded and a little bit more accessible uh, in terms of... Um, you know, general composition. I think I think Jeff's vocals really help ground the whole thing because, uh, you know, you have Derek and myself with the progressive metal background, and then you have Bumblefoot and Billy Sheehan just doing all of the crazy eat em and smiles type unisons. So I think Jeff is really the anchor giving the whole thing a, a very smooth, listenable, accessible sound so it's it's a great great combination of players and styles how did the writing come together it sounds like you and derek uh were, were really the, the the core of this like it, this was kind of like your brainchild but did everybody come in and write or did you guys did you and derek do most of the writing and then the other guys joined in how did you how did the creative end work well derek and i are, are producing the album but um basically the music was uh Myself, Derek, and Bumblefoot uh, for most of the time in the studio. Billy wasn't there for uh, a bit of the start of the session because he was out with Mr. Big. So myself, Derek, and, and, and Ron got the majority of the music together uh, at the very beginning. And then Billy joined us um, after a little while. And then the four of us you know, collaborated on the remainder of the music and then once that was done, myself and Derek spent a lot of time with Jeff on all the vocals and the melodies and the lyrics. So it was really a true collaboration. You know, me and Derek overseeing the music along with Bumblefoot and Billy, and then me and Derek overseeing the, the vocals with Jeff. And, and you put it all together into the giant melting pot, and it's pretty fucking awesome. Now, now you know, you are not... Because, like I said, playing in more than one band is the norm now for everybody, it seems... You are not the only guy in this band that is in more than one band. Everybody else is too. I mean, everybody in this band yeah, has at least absolutely. at least one or two other things going on as well. So, if yeah. you guys uh, addressed that, are you going to have you carved out time in everyone's schedule to try to do live shows or touring with this band? Absolutely, uh, and all five of us are really excited about this and are definitely focused on it and are committed to it. Uh, I know Derek just announced the new Black Country Communion album. Uh, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but from what Derek says, there's not going to be a lot of touring with that. No, that's uh, been the story of that band since they formed, unfortunately, and that's where they've gotten into exactly. some trouble, so, differing opinions there. Exactly. So that won't be an obstacle. And uh, the only other obstacle is Jeff's commitment to a Trans-Siberian Orchestra. He does TSO every year. Uh, so basically that... That's kind of um, uh, prolonging our kickoff for the world tour till after the holidays. So the album is actually coming out October 20th. Uh, and then at that point, you know, the ball will get rolling. People will get familiar with the music. And once Jeff finishes up TSO uh, and the clock strikes 2018, we're on the road and, and we're going to hit the ground running and we're going to be out all throughout 2018 with this. It's, it's definitely a full-time band. There are, and, and because I was, you know, so close to the band with the Winery Dogs, there are there is a lot of people who are fans of that band who are, I'm going to be honest, very concerned out there because you're you're doing this amongst other things. Richie, who was on this show not long ago, is out on his own doing his solo thing. 
everyone's saying, you know, Richie said he does not feel the band is done, and everyone's saying they want to reconvene that band. I know there's a live DVD and a CD coming out soon, so there's a something coming out from the last tour. But you know, Friday actually. Oh, it's coming out this Friday. Okay. So, so what would yeah. you say to those people? I mean, did are you guys? I mean, you and Billy now two thirds of the Winery Dogs are in. Sons of Apollo, and then Richie's out on on his trip doing his solo thing. So, how do you address the uh, the concern from Winery Dogs fans about where you know how they feel this might all be heading? It's it's very simple, and there's no need to be concerned. Uh, me, Billy, and Richie all love the Winery Dogs, and there's definitely more ahead. We're just on a break at the moment, uh, and I think it's no secret that you know it was mainly Richie that wanted some time to focus on his solo stuff and and we're fine with that and billy and i are you know are totally cool with that he, billy still has mr big and i still have all the other things going so uh you know the, the idea was we'll take a few years off uh we have the live album coming out uh this friday live cd and, and dvd and blu-ray and uh you know all three of us love the winery dogs and we will reconvene i don't think it's a problem with billy and i being in two different bands together because personally I, I i'm in three different bands with neil morse and neil and i have been doing that for almost 20 years now and neil and i when we work together we we kind of um flip-flop our you know the the uh the cycles you know neil and i will do the neil morse band then we'll do transatlantic then we do flying colors and it's never been a problem for neil and i so i see no reason why billy and i can't be in two bands together as well You've got a, a show coming up. I saw you do this on the on the um, cruise to the edge on your your birthday cruise, uh, the the Shattered Fortress. That's coming up with a U.S. show. That's a date in New York at Irving Plaza coming soon in September. Right? That'll be the last time you do the Dream Theater set, the twelve step. That'll be the last time uh, in the states. Yeah, but we still have a few more runs ahead of us. We just did a, a whole European tour with the Shattered Fortress, and it was absolutely awesome and people loved it and uh yeah we have we have uh the new york show on september 24th we have a show in mexico and we have Prague power in atlanta and then we have a south american run in october and an australian run in november and that'll be a wrap for that um you know i've said all along uh revisiting the dream theater material and doing the shattered fortress is you know, just for this year, just for my 50th birthday year, as my gift back to the fans, uh, finally playing this music and, uh, you know, revisiting this music has been really uh, an awesome emotional experience, and I've loved doing it, and the fans have loved seeing it. Uh, And honestly, it kind of wet my whistle to uh, kind of get back into the prog metal genre, so the timing was really good for me and Derek to do Sons of Apollo, because Coming off of the Shattered Fortress experience, uh, I think anybody that saw, saw the Shattered Fortress shows got very excited about me playing progressive metal again. And uh, so I think Sons of Apollo will be a, a great follow-up to uh, to quench that thirst from the fans that have seen the Shattered Fortress shows. Well, thanks to Mike Portnoy, and indeed, rest in peace to David Z. I was talking a little bit that, about that earlier in this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Looking forward to hearing Mike's new band, Sons of Apollo. I've yet to hear any of the music, but he assures me he'll be sending me some songs soon, and I greatly look forward to that. And uh, appreciate Mike taking some time out to do his first interview about this brand-new band whose record will be coming out in October. Thanks also this week to Greta Van Fleet and Cheap Trick. What up?
action-packed, jammed Eddie Trunk podcast. Thanks to Katie Irizarry for producing and putting it all together. I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode. Remember, connect with me on social media. Where I'm most active would be Twitter, at Eddie Trunk, Instagram, Facebook, also at Eddie Trunk, and eddietrunk.com is the website. Catch you guys on the radio, hopefully, and then back here next Thursday for another Eddie Trunk podcast. Have a good week. Spike's Car Radio? It's comedian, actor, writer Spike Ferriston sitting on the porch in Malibu talking with some cool people about cool cars and life in general. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. He was all right. Don't try to hug him. Chris Hardwick. I could feel everything on the road. I mean, it was right. basically like, it was like unprotected sex for driving. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. You, you know what? I think years. you and Jerry are spiritually tied to cars, <laughs> and I respect it and I love it, but I don't quite get it yet, but I want to get it. Download new episodes of Spike's Car Radio every Wednesday on the Podcast One app, or save time and subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com. Everyone knows that the best way to tell a good story is over a good drink. Spirit in a Bottle, Tells and Drinks from Tito's Handmade Vodka, brings them together. In its first-ever cocktail book, Tito's offers fans recipes, mixology tips, and a never-before-seen look at its journey from a one-room distillery to becoming America's favorite vodka. Order your copy today at titosvodka.com book. Read it and sip with Tito's. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly.